Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's tour championship. It is indeed presented by Jock Market. We will talk about that more in just a little bit, but it is stock market DFS. It is fascinating, and this is the perfect week to dive in. The next hour or so is your time. We're going to go through as many questions uh, as I can get through um, over the next 45 minutes to an hour. I don't know. I don't see a lot of questions. So if you have a question, drop it in the chat, hit the like button while you're there. And we'll get into some of the very unique strategies for this week. Uh, So right out of the gate, Connor says, what is the best strategy when it comes to having a more stars and scrubs approach versus a balanced lineup this week? Interesting. I think uh, in general, this is probably again, a stars and scrubby kind of week because The starting strokes uh, at the top are in bigger gaps, right? So the win position, uh, 30 points, then down to 20, then 18, you know, so on and so forth are bigger than, you know, everybody in, I think it's, I think 30th through 25th is, or or anybody who finishes 21st to 30th is going to be one point in difference in the finishing position. So I think you really need to guarantee yourself the guys at the top and let the other guys kind of fight it out at the bottom. Hey, Rick, love the channel. Thank you. Is there a way to see how far the current, how far the 30 players in the current field have moved up the leaderboard over the last five tour championships looking for the biggest mover? So I guess yes and no, um, depending on what you're asking. So let me show you this. I'll share my screen with you. This is my website. It's rickrungood.com. It's where I get all the data. Hopefully I can make this kind of big enough for you to be able to see. Um, The Holy Grail is exactly what you're describing. So you could go to, uh, the tour championship and you could just do anybody in this field. And you might only want to do the last two seasons because that would be the last two times that they used the, um, the, the, the starting strokes. Right. Uh, so I don't know if it makes sense to look at the last five years to see who moved up the lead. I guess we can, um, but we'll see. So let's do the last two first. So, Here's 2020, and the the cool part about this is uh, strokes gain does not take into account the starting strokes. So the fact that Xander Shoffley in 2020 gained three shots more on the field than anybody else in this field is noteworthy. He finished second. Scotty Scheffler also did well. Uh, you can see you can see Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy. They were positive players, but only finished T8. So that's a that is a um, uh, a testament to the starting strokes. And then 2019, we can see, uh, well, Rory moved up in a big way. And of course he won. He started five shots back. Xander the same way. Bryson was a big mover, right? He moved up. Uh, he gained four strokes on the field, but finished 12th. So he was a big mover. Tony Finau as well. We can go back and just do the aggregates for the last three seasons or five seasons and see the best golfers, Shoffley, uh, Rory, Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa. Obviously, some of those guys have bigger sample sizes than others. Denver Timmy, welcome, says, I've been red hot with outright bets, so thank you for the content. That's awesome. I bet Rory and Berger outright without starting strokes. Is there anyone else that you like as an outright without starting strokes? No, I bet Berger. Um, I think uh, I think Sung Jae Im would be fine. I don't mind Rory as much. Um, also, I think if you're going to bet Rom, if you want to bet Rom, you should probably do it in both markets, but you should really do it in the without strokes market, just because he's going to have an opportunity to foot on the gas, knowing he has to make up for, he's probably the best player in the field. You get a couple of extra points. I think the worst move would be to only bet Rom with strokes. I think that's a silly way to do it. Uh, without the strokes, Berger got my attention. Um, Sam Burns got a little bit of my attention, not so much. And Sung JM kind of starting a little bit further down the board, giving you better odds. Berger has nowhere to go but up. Berger has the last audition for the Ryder Cup team. Berger's been playing well. So yeah, I think that one makes quite a bit of sense. Barry says, hey, Rick, curious, curious, wow, curious about Shoffley. His total strokes gained at Eastlake are impressive. Do you think this course will positively affect his game? He's not been so hot lately. He hasn't been terrible recently. He's just been kind of all over the place. He's one of the more difficult golfers in the world, at least for me, to kind of handicap on a regular basis. So, um, you know, obviously one in Tokyo. He had an okay finish at the Northern Trust and the other two events in between, not so great. But 
this is a place that he has literally never uh he has never lost strokes in a single round. 16 rounds he's played at Eastlake. He has not lost strokes in any of them. It is obviously a feat that cannot go on forever. Um, but I I certainly have have no concerns about Xander Schauffer this week. Sportsbook will award bet back if golfer places in the top 10. Thinking about Justin Thomas with strokes, decent odds to maybe win, but in a great position to get top 10. Any concerns with him this week? Uh, the putter, but the putter is always a concern with Justin Thomas, so I don't think that that's any different than any other week. Um, plays very well at Eastlake. Uh, has still been getting back to the best version of himself, which is really strong approach play. So I, I do think there is a foundation building for Justin Thomas with the ball striking that is just going to come down to how well he puts. That's that's really what this is going to come down to. Um, so no, I don't have my, I, well, I do. I have one concern, but it's always the concern with him. So in theory, I have no concerns. Jay, uh, Joe says, uh, hey, Rick, great content as usual. Thank you. In single entry tournaments, what is your take on Im and Reed? I imagine Im is going to be incredibly popular. I'm forecasting him about 28% ownership. Uh, Reed, much less, hasn't played particularly well, got entered into the field uh, late on DraftKings, so I have him at about 12%. Uh, Sung Jay is for good reason going to be popular. He's, he's ball striking the heck out of it. He showed us this was coming for weeks. Um, he, he gets back on Bermuda, which has been a better putting surface for him. So I, I don't really have any issues there. Reed, Reed hasn't played that well, right? I mean, when, when is the last time that we were impressed with Reed's play? Finished outside the top 30 at the 3M and the WGC FedEx 22nd at the Olympics. The Memorial or a top 20 at the U S open. That was kind of the last time we were really impressed with his game. Um, you know, I don't want to try to speculate what, what's going to impact him for the fact that we haven't seen him play in three weeks. And he's, and we know we spent a couple of days recently in the hospital. Um, I, I just, I don't see all that much incentive on Patrick Reed. If he was, if he was 3% owned, I could argue there'd be a, 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 a flyer opportunity there, but I'm just not sure about it. Liking Brooks Kepka this week, under the radar, playing decently, great ball striker, good in big slash tough events, only, yeah, you nailed it. This is this is my assessment too, um, which is that this is a staggered start event and he is pretty far back. I think he's starting at two under par. I think he realistically understands he's not going to win this event. Now, does he want to try to move up and make a lot more money? Because there's a lot of money on the line. Not only the $15 million at the top, but there's a lot of money on the line. Um, I worry about, him kind of grinding over this for four days. Uh, we have historically seen him, as you mentioned, check out, not necessarily play up to, um, you know, full on grind mode for four rounds. And I, I wonder if that's the version that we get of him here. You know, some of the players don't necessarily respect the, this kind of new format as much as, as much as I think the tour would like them to. And I, and I do have concerns about Brooks for that reason. Shane says, do you guys, does anyone know, if jock market is using the starting strokes, uh, they are not. No. So I, I asked those guys that last week. They do not use the starting strokes, but what they will do is they will still give the five-point win bonus to the golfer that wins the FedEx Cup. That's the way their system is set up. So I'll give you an example. And this is the perfect time to talk about jock market here. So um, if you go to my website, rickrunning.com, and you go to jock market, you can, you can see all of the data for all of the cash markets that ever existed. So what actually happened last year is uh, Xander Shoffley, as we just showed, was the best player without strokes. However, uh, because Dustin Johnson played well enough and got the five bonus points for winning the FedEx Cup, it actually bumped him up to the first payout. So you have to kind of be aware of that situation. That's the only thing that's going to be different. So it's kind of a little bit of a hybrid. Um, this is your opportunity to buy and sell shares of golfers. It's getting, it's getting much more interesting. So um, last week at the BMW Championship, Patrick Cantlay on Wednesday night, which is tonight, Sold for $6.88. He went for the full $25 a share payout. Bryson DeChambeau sold for $7.25 a share. Did not win. So if you had an outright on Bryson, you lost everything. If you bought shares of him in the jock market, you made $12.75 a share. The also new, very exciting thing for this week. Shorting is here. You can short 
golfers, meaning that if you're one round in or whatever you want, saying, I don't think this guy's going to continue this great play. Instead of saying your only options are to buy or avoid that golfer, you can now short the golfer. It's going to be magic. It's going to make the market much more liquid. And essentially, you can take a stand on every golfer in the field. Additionally, uh, apparently, I, I you know I'm not I'm not a football guy, but with football coming back, it, there's going to be huge contests. There's going to be a lot of money to be made. If you click here or use the code Rick, uh, that gives you the best possible deposit bonus. That is up to fifty dollars. So certainly check that out. <clears throat> Thoughts on a burger na read as a core value stack. I got to tell you, I hate it. So burger, fine. No problem. Reed, we already talked about. Kevin Na is kind of an enigma here. Uh, so Kevin Na, let's look at his recent history because he's been, he's been, he's been great. Okay. So leading into this event, let me sort this by date just so that we have the most recent first here. He's got T17 at the BMW Championship, T8 at the Northern Trust, T2 at the Wyndham, another T2, a couple of starts before that at the John Deere. This is great results from Kevin Na. No one is arguing that. What I worry about um, is this right here. Kevin Na at the Tour Championship has been horrendous. Uh, he is actually, I looked this up, the worst player in this field. Sorry. His results at Eastlake are the worst of any player in this field at any course. In fact, I actually put this in the Run Good Rundown. This is a, a weekly newsletter that I send out that you should subscribe to. The link is in the description. Um, here we go. Kevin Na losing on average one and a half strokes per round over 20 rounds is the worst of any player in this field at any course. Harris English at TPC Sawgrass, also bad. Patrick Reed at Eastlake, also bad. Stuart Sink at Bay Hill, also bad. You get the point. Kevin Na actually shows up on this list twice. He's a very volatile golfer. So, uh, no, I don't particularly like that. If you were looking for a core value stack, you could certainly go with Berger. You, I would go with probably EVR, and I would probably go with Joaquin Neiman is the three that I would go with. That's my opinion. It's your money. You go for it. Tom says, hey, Rick, Reed Fowler said on PGA Tour app that strokes gain putting is twice as crucial as strokes gained approach at Eastlake. What do you think? Funny you bring this up. I just talked to Reed Fowler. He's coming on 300 yards to unknown. In fact, he did. We recorded it. Uh, that will be coming out in a few days. That's my podcast. Um, I love Reed. I don't know how this was calculated. Um, this could be calculated in a, in a lot of different ways. I know that some people will look back and say, Hey, the winners here or the results here, um, you know, strokes gain putting, you know, they gained twice as many strokes gain putting as they did on approach. I, I don't know. I don't know how it's calculated. The way that I calculate it is I look at every stat. I look at uh, the stats for the players in that season to start build, but building models for players and the types of players and strokes game putting uh, at East Lake was actually one of the least correlated stats. The strongest correlated stat was strokes gained approach. I like this model. I think it's one of the best things that I put together. I stand by it. I don't know how other people do it. I trust Reed Fowler that he, that he's got good numbers, uh, but it just might be a different, a different mindset. Rick, can you run a custom model and expand areas that you think will be of importance? Driving accuracy seems like the one that will separate the guys. Well, it sounds like you want me to run a model uh, based on driving accuracy, which I could do that. So let's do this. Let's do driving accuracy 25%. That's pretty significant. Let's do 25 on approach. We know that's important. So accuracy and approach. Let's just put 10 on around the green and 10 on putting just so that we have a rounded out kind of modified Strokes gain total. Let's go with par four scoring. I have 30 left. Let's go with uh, 15 on par four and 15 on birdie or better. In the last 12 rounds, my players are, oh boy, Abraham Answer, Sam Burns, Sung J.M., EVR, Kevin Na, Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantlay, John Rahm, Cam Smith, Corey Connors. That's my top 10. Obviously, guys who are playing well, because this is only 12 rounds, that's basically the Wyndham and the playoffs for a lot of these guys. A good transition into big Randy's question. Can we do a deep dive on Abe answer and discuss how you feel he fits the course? Well, if you believe the model that I just ran uh, and you like the time frame, nobody fits the course better than Abraham answer. Uh, now, if we do a deeper dive on him, we'll see a golfer that one 
then got his next start out of the way, which is something that I always like to see, and then played well again at the BMW Championship. So outside of, I'm, I would have been willing to write off literally anything at the Northern Trust. You know, you finally get your first PGA Tour victory, having to tee up for the first time after that is very hard to do. We hear that all the time. I would have, I would have written anything off. He finished 64th. Um, so now we have, if you throw that out, we have a really good set of results where he is basically in contention, top 10, top 20 for the vast majority of his, of his results this season. He does it in a way that is super consistent. Um, I don't want to say it's super sustainable, uh, for most guys, but for him, it is because he's a very good putter. Um, so yeah, I, I do not obviously mind Abe answer at all. What are your thoughts on English being projected 10% less owned? 10% less owned than who? The other guys in this range? Not sure I understand that question. Uh, you know, I wish English was playing a little bit better right now. He is well-rounded enough to contend here. He's well-rounded enough to contend at a lot of different places. He's a great putter on Bermuda, um, but I have not seen that really good, consistent ball striking and kind of across the board play that I would normally like to see from Harris English. He's, he's been okay. He's been fine. I'm just not sprinting to get him into any lineups. Biggest sleeper pick, um, Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, it's Joaquin Neiman. I think, I think, you know, he hasn't played as well. He hasn't played horrible. His one trip to Eastlake, I think, is scaring people. Uh, you know, his first trip to the Tour Championship, he was absolutely horrendous. What I do like to see is he's very good off the tee and he's very good on approach. Um, the putter, which is normally a very good asset for him, in fact, he ranks 32nd on Tour, has been very bad for the last two weeks. I'm wondering if now going to Bermuda is going to be a nice kind of switch for him, kind of change the mentality. Uh, we know he has the firepower to make a move. He's very cheap. I think it's I think it's Joaquin Neiman. Playing the flop shot, says Ryan, and he has two entries. One is going to be chalk for the most part, and the second is playing on ownership. Who looks to be the highest and lowest owned? So we'll go tier by tier here. So I think in the 11K range and above, um, Rom 28%, Bryson 24%, JT 26 uh, Your pivots in, the, in that area are probably Finau and Cantlay. Then going down, Rory and Xander are going to be incredibly popular. Your pivots in that range are probably Answer and Burns-ish. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm look I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Let me start this whole thing over. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Let me start this entire thing over. Uh, <laughs> projected ownership. Highest owned golfer above 10K-ish. Uh, still going to be Rom. Still going to be probably DJ and Justin Thomas. Your pivots are Bryson and Patrick Cantlay. Your uh, highest zone golfer uh, below that, still Rory, still Xander. Your pivots there are Spieth, Smith, and Harris English. Uh, Sungjae and Louie seem to be popular. Your pivots there are going to be Kokrak and Kepka. Uh, Berger will be incredibly popular along with Sergio and EVR. Your pivots there are probably Neiman, Reed, and Billy Horschel. Sorry about that. Got confused for a second. Uh, there is a super chat here. Uh, Phil says, Hey Rick, when I try to change the percentile numbers in the, in the DFS matrix spreadsheet, it errored out with name column in F and G please advise. Uh, well, uh, so this is, this is what you're talking about here. I, first of all, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate it. This is the matrix that I put on to, uh, rickrungood.com. You can go download it yourself. It's a really fun tool. So, uh, when you do, when you change this, when you change the percentage, you're getting an error. How could you do that? The only thing you should really be changing. So if you go re-download this, the only thing you should really be changing are these percentiles. I don't know why you would be getting an error message. Um, I don't know. You might if if you have to email me. I'll I'll see if I can help you. I won't I won't hold everybody hostage here. Uh, Devin also with the super chat. Thank you very much. He says, I won $45,000 the week that answer won. Thanks, Ricky Bobby. Oh, mama. Yeah, that'll do. Congrats. Love to see it. Lo absolutely love to see it. Uh, DJ or Burns in one and done with the starting strokes this week. Love that Burns has a better starting position. Putts great on Bermuda and potentially showcase to impress Strecker than play him. Yeah, that's fine. Play him. It's the last event of the season. You got to do what your heart says, right? You've gone this far. Let's go. Hey,
Hey, Rick, do we automatically fade guys who are towards the bottom this week if they are given the least amount of strokes to start, or do you just limit how many of those guys that you use? So here's the here's the thing. Uh, there is going to be someone down here starting at, you know, two under or worse that wins everybody all the money. I think two years ago it was Ches Reeve. I think last year it was Mackenzie Hughes. I Don't quote me on that, but I feel like the guy who moves from T23 – to ninth wins everybody the money and you shouldn't be fading those guys. Um, I actually think you should be embracing them because the idea is, I, I think you need a stars and scrubs approach here. The, the, the values of the finishing position at the top are so critical and the golfers who are starting at the top are so much more likely to stay there. The got the, the, uh, finishing position bonuses at the bottom, the bottom 20, you know, 15 guys, it's not a big difference. Uh, so if you can pick out those guys, go cheap, find a couple that move up the leaderboard. That is uh, certainly the way to go, in my opinion. Uh, confident Reed plays all four days. I'm not going to speculate on that. Do you have any exposure? Uh, no, and it would not be. Um, it would not be. It would be based on his play, not on like the fact that he just came out of the hospital or whatever. Thoughts on Tony Finau. So I only um I only made one bet this point at this point of with starting strokes, and, and Tony Finau was the one. I think he's being mispriced quite a bit. Um, the thing that I also put into the run good rundown, again, you should subscribe to this newsletter. Um at the open championship, Tony Finau changed not only his putter, but his putting grip. And since then, he has gained like a bunch of strokes to the field putting. Actually, I have it right here. I'll just read it to you. You should download this uh, or subscribe to this. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. In 16 measured rounds since the switch, he's gained a total of 15.15 strokes putting. It's the second best 16 round putting stretch of his career. So if that continues, he is dangerous to win this thing. Oh, Patrick says, do you know a good place to watch the interviews for the week? Uh, I get them on the media site, but you're not going to be able to get them there. There is a site that, uh, does the transcriptions. I cannot think of the name off the top of my head. I will try to find that out and maybe I'll tweet it out. There's a site that does the golf interview transcripts and I can, it's like, I can't remember the name of it. Cam Smith, five off the lead with strokes, 25 to one. Could up hot putting and driving week win. All right, great time to show the, the matrix here. So this is what I showed on the DFS preview. I showed it on the um, the the betting preview as well. And you really, this is a way to determine the likelihood of any golfer to win. I believe Cam Smith is kind of the last guy in the field um, that can win this golf tournament. And here's what, let's see what would have to happen. So if everybody plays to their average and Cam Smith plays to 88, maybe 89, 90th, plays to his 90th percentile. So 90th percentile for Cam Smith would be gaining 10.35 strokes to the field. How often does Cam Smith gain 10.35? Let's find out. I do believe that number is way far off. Uh, quite honestly, 25 to one. I think it's a really good number. So 10.35. Well, he did it at the Northern trust. He did it. Basically. I'll give him credit for that at WGC FedEx St. Jude 10.2 outside of that. He did it at the Genesis and he probably did it at, at uh, let's see. Yeah. Did it at, uh, did it at the masters. So this is something he does four ish times a year. And Four out of, I don't know how many events that was, 20, 25. Um, I, think it's, I think it's an interesting way to go about doing it. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Hey, Rick, I'm in an earnings pool, so I need, so just need placing. I can take Rom and Smith or take a combination of Cantlay, Finau, and Bryson. Out of Finau, Cantlay, Bryson, which two of your favorites? Well, Cantlay's at the top. And historically, we have seen, even if you're at the top, it's kind of hard to fall too far. So, I mean, is it silly to just play Finau and Cantlay? I mean, the idea, like, like look, let's, look, let's look at this. How far could these guys actually drop, right? So, if everybody plays to their average and Cantlay plays 
to a 35th percentile performance, let's do even worse than that. Let's do 25th. Let's do 30th. Okay. And plays to a 30th percentile. He only gains 1.8 over four rounds. He finishes third. Obviously, not everyone else is going to play their average, but that is, so like one point, what did I say? 1.8? I mean, he has not been that bad, like ever. I mean, he did, he did it at the Open Championship. He has been. It's just there's nowhere for him to go. He's he's going to be near the top, seemingly. Twelve projected to play Reed. Wow, baffling. I'm assuming that means uh, you think he should be lower than that. Hey, Rick, great season and great info. Can you put in order the four players on the best value? It kind of depends on the format here, but probably Berger M Usti Na. Talked about Kevin Na, so I'm going to move on from some of that. Talked about a lot of this stuff, actually. Uh, yeah, I've been talking about this all week. So so Trevor says, hey, Rick, great content as usual. How would you recommend attacking this week when it comes to strategies? The strokes given makes it trickier to evaluate. Yeah, well, I think, um, I think the first thing is, and what a lot of people don't realize, like if you ask the average person, um, what is the DraftKings finishing position for 18th? No one knows. Um, what is it for first? You might know it's 30. You might know it's 20 for second. You might then know it then goes 18, 16, 14 or whatever. Um, so most people I think are going to incorrectly assume there's a huge difference between starting in 20th and starting in 30th. And there's really not, it's like one point. So, and because you're just getting those points and you're not getting the birdies or pars to start with it, I think people are going to screw up the bottom and they're going to try to live in the middle. And they should be embracing the bottom. You should be embracing the top. That to me is the answer. A lot of the same questions here that I've already answered. There's a Sergio Garcia question. So let's, I, I, I the questions that are like, what are your thoughts on? I don't like, I don't, I don't have a stance on, every single player in the field or every single, every single situation. Um, but we can do a deeper dive into Sergio. So ideally, or, um, uh, it's nice that Bermuda is the only surface that he's positive on. Uh, it's 0.02, which is basically zero, but it's noteworthy considering how horrible he is on, uh, bent and the combination of bent grass and POA. Um, the, off the T game, always going to be great with Sergio ball striking. Great two straight consecutive weeks with the putter. I could probably get there on Sergio. Um, two good weeks in the row with the putter, three out of five, and Bermuda's one of his better surfaces. I could probably get there on, on, on Sergio. How low down, see, this is another question I'm not sure I understand. How low down the starting leaderboard can you comfortably start a lineup? Oh, start a lineup. Okay, sorry, David. In a single entry format. Ooh. Um... Well, Rom, I guess, is the answer. I don't think I would want to go without having one of the top five guys. One of the top five guys, in my opinion, wins this golf tournament. So that's Cantlay, Rom, Bryson, Finau, Smith. That's like, to me, that's who wins. One of those five guys. And the the finishing position is so critical. So you probably can't go further than Rom. Like, if you started at Smith, I'd be worried you're giving up too much. You got to pound, pound the top. I think you have to. Oh no, I lost my spot. Okay, hold on. Um, Rick should have locked the Excel for Excel beginners. Oh, you, there's only one column you have to mess with. That's all. There's only one column. How much do you think the fact that Hideki was played has played every week since the Olympics will affect his performance? He's starting to play worse than he did a few weeks ago, and he doesn't have a great history here. Let's look at Hideki. Hideki's a good guy to dive into. Horrible on Bermuda, but he's a pretty bad putter in general. Um, you know what's weird about him? The driver hasn't been that good. And that's something that's usually at least a little bit more consistent. A little bit. The putter's so bad. And around the green, he's usually a lot better than this. I don't know if it's fatigue or not. 
He's played, yeah, literally every week since the Olympics. Um, let's look at what he's done at East Lake. I don't know if this is a if this is a, a fatigue issue or just like he's not playing well issue. Here he is. So he is, yeah, he hasn't been that good. He hasn't been that good. He's a little bit worse than zero. Oh, he's losing off the tee a ton. Losing on the putting surfaces a lot. I bet you, I bet you these are some of his worst putting performances ever. Let's look. Minus 9.8 and minus 7.9. Yeah, this does not give me a lot of confidence. So Hideki Matsuyama, historically horrible putter. Two of his five worst putting weeks ever are at Eastlake. That does not give me a lot of confidence. So no, I think we've decided we can be out on Hideki this week. Sheardog says, hey, Rick, at the start of the year, you said your goal was to use more DJ in 2021. Curious to hear how that's been going and if you've stuck to it. It's going terribly. It's going absolutely terribly. Yeah, I have, I have kind of stuck to it uh, because he, you know, he shed a lot of ownership, quite frankly, over the course of the last couple of months. And nobody flips a switch like DJ, as I've been saying for nine months. But no, it is it is um, it hasn't been good. You know, I wish I made that sentiment to play more ROM in 2021. That that would have been a lot better. I think the idea, and maybe I miscalculated, it's hard to stay that good for that long. You know, we got spoiled with, with, with Tiger Woods being as good as he was for as long as he was. And now we just see guys do it in spurts. Jason Day did it in spurts. Jordan Spieth did it in spurts. Uh, pa- uh, Dustin Johnson did it in spurts. Now jo- John Rahm is in one right now. And how long can Rahm stay in it? So maybe it was wrong of me to kind of point him out and say, I just want to play more of him. Uh, but I have stuck to it and it has not worked out. He's not had a good year. He's not had a good year. Love your golf round segment last week on YouTube, Rick. I'm impressed with your confidence and strokes game putting. Thank you. Uh, I might be overly confident, but it is fun. I've been doing golf vlogs. They're on YouTube. We have a really cool, so we're filming again tomorrow, my wife and I, and it's a really cool course that I've not played before. And I won't spoil it. Should I spoil it? Mm. No, I won't spoil it. But it is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. So thank you for that. Okay, so I kind of got burned on this, Ryan. So are we all the way out on Morikawa this week? I, I kind of feel the same way because, I listen, Morikawa is a Vegas guy. I like to think that I understand his situation more than most guys on the PGA tour. And this has been now more widely reported that he's feeling great. Uh, right. The back injury is over. Now I heard that last week as well. And he still didn't let's go round by round. Did he, did he at least, did he at least hit it better in his final two rounds? Um, let's find out. He did. The weekend, the weekend was great for Morikawa. 1.5, 2.4 on approach. That is classic Morikawa. So I will go down with the ship here and say, we got to go back to Morikawa. I'm scared. I'm terrified. But I think we got to do it. How much money... Do you think we need to leave on the table in lineups this week with such a small player pool? Ooh. Uh, 500 would be fine. I've left as much as 1500 and I'm cool with that. No problem with that. Especially because, you know, there's so many bigger gaps down here at the bottom, right? Like, you know, if you're deciding between burger and Stuart sink for whatever reason, like that's 600 bucks there alone. And there's not a huge difference between those guys. So, uh, do not be afraid to leave money on the table this week. Oh, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes YouTube, the comments jump in. I lose my spot. Um, quite, okay. I answered that one. Smash that like button says Trevor. Thank you. Do you typically play NFL DFS? Have you ever thought about including any other sports to your platform other than golf? Trevor, no. So um, I actually used to, right? When when the first iteration of this website and this YouTube channel five years ago, uh, I covered multiple sports. And then I realized there's nothing I love more than golf. There's nothing I'm more interested in than golf. Let me just dive into golf. So I will not be adding um, things back in 
that's that's something that's that's not going to happen for me. There is though um I do do like a little bit of YouTube content. So like every so often, some of the best performing YouTube stuff I've ever done is like how to make NFL projections, how to make MLB projections, because everyone is usually so secretive in that space. And now that I'm out of it, I guess I don't even really care as much either. So uh, I have done some tutorial stuff on on YouTube. You can find like NFL projections, how to build them, how to do all that own stuff, but you're not going to see me do anything regularly. I just like the um, I just like the idea of trying to solve things. Any reason to like Victor at this course? Well, here's what I know about Eastlake. Historically, strokes gained approach, by far the most important stat. Strokes gained off the tee is next. Uh, when you look at Victor Hovland, what do you see? I'm assuming that you see a guy who whose best two attributes are off the tee, which he ranks fifth on tour, and on approach, which he ranks 17th on tour. So in theory, this should be a really good spot for him. I, I worry about the short game. Um, do you remember when Victor Hovland won in Puerto Rico and he said, I suck at chipping? He did. Uh, then he spent a lot of time and got a lot better. And he actually became a zero around the green player. And you can see that kind of in his results. You know, some weeks were still bad. A lot were near zero. And some weeks he gained. We have now seen him revert a little bit uh, to that very bad chipping player, which is concerning. And the putter is not saving him anymore. I, I do worry about this short game here, but the ball striking is 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 excellent. In terms of excitement level, five out of ten. Jason Kokrak. Let's do a deep dive on Mr. Kokrak because this is a very strange year for him. Now, the good news is, uh, and this is what I was kind of hoping to see, thank God the putter came back around uh, last week at the BMW Championship because that was the one thing that unlocked Jason Kokrak. And now uh, I was worried that it was too good to be true. I'm a lot more optimistic now after watching him gain four strokes putting at the BMW Championship, gain three on approach, still not driving the ball nearly as good as he normally is, but he plugged two leaks. He had four leaks last week. He plugged two of them. If he plugs the other two, and actually really only plugged the driver because he's always been bad around the green, if he can fix the driver, um, he can make a move. That's the thing. Would you play a 6.5K Rick Gaiman in showdown? What is the bounce back value there? Yeah, so um, listen, I'm a bit reliant on the putter right now. Uh, I got to admit. And that's, I mean, it's great. I love it. I'm rolling in putts from all over the place. I'm very, feeling very confident. I'm starting them online. Um, I worry that that, because I worry about that. And I worry that I've, I've lost the driver a little bit. That's usually the strength of my game. However, I was at the range the other day. I think I kind of figured that out. I'm, I'm feeling confident in myself. 6.5K allows you to get a lot of access to guys at the top that are much better, much more consistent players. But um, I can go on some runs for you, especially in showdown. Especially in showdown, I can go on some runs for you. Do you ever take a holiday? No, but uh, quick trip, little trip next week. Also, it's my birthday next week. Little trip next week to get away for golf from golf for a few days. Uh, but no, who takes holidays? Actually, that's not true. We are during the off season. Uh, there's five weeks between whatever the last event in December is. And, and, um, uh, when the players go to Maui for the tournament of champions, we'll go on a trip there, but no, I, we actually, my wife and I were talking about this. Like, you know, if someone gave you like $10 million or whatever, and you didn't have to work anymore, what would you do? She asked me that. And I was like, I would just do this anyway. This is my hobby too right? I like it. So I would be doing this, uh, even if I wasn't being paid to do it. How do you feel about Louie this week? You know what? We didn't cover Louie. Um, I don't know how I feel about Louie. I think I worry about him. You know, the neck thing where he WDs, uh, it was, I guess it was Wyndham in the Northern trust. And then finally plays the BMW championship and didn't play great. Um, I didn't hear any reports after that about how the neck felt. Bermuda, for being such a great putter, is not a great surface of his. Let's see what he's done at Eastlake. I think I worry about him. Yeah, he hasn't been good here either. This is his last eight rounds. 
has lost strokes to the field basically in all but one. If you count these two as kind of zero, it's just, eh, I don't know. I'm not excited. What would it take EVR to finish in the top 10 or even a top five? A lot. Here we go. This is why the matrix matrix is perfect. So EVR to finish inside the top 10. Let's make the assumption that every other player in the field plays to their average, which isn't going to happen. But, you know, for 30 guys, let's just say they kind of even out to be that way. EVR needs a, uh, let's see, 75th percentile performance only gets him to 23rd. 85th gets him to 14th. 95th gets him to 6th. 90, 97th gets him to the top five, which let's take a look. That is asking EVR to gain 11.4 on the field. 11.4. Let me find him here and I'll show you how often he has been able to do that. 11.4. I have to click his name. There we go. Okay. 11.4 is what we're looking for. He did it at the Barracuda. That was a win. Um, he gained 15 on the field. That's it. No, I'm sorry. He did it uh, 2020 WGC Mexico. So he's done it twice in his career. So you're asking him to do something that, uh, that he's done twice in his career and that he just did about a month ago and that everyone else plays to average and that gets him in the top five. That doesn't even win, right? doesn't even win. He basically needs the same strokes gain metrics uh, to win, get inside the top five. Even with, look at this, even with a 99th percentile performance, he gets to... Now, now I'm stuck in this. Okay, 99.75. Yeah, okay, yeah. To win this, he basically needs to gain 16 strokes on the field, something he's never done in his entire life. Crazy. That's that's what I mean. Like this becomes a math problem, and the like it is it, it, it is it is crazy. It is crazy. Um oh my wife is gonna bring me something. Hold on. Oh, she has the new shirts. The new shirts just got here. Okay, so I'll show you guys the new shirts here in a second. Uh let's go back to the questions here. Single entry EVR percentage. Uh, well, I have uh, I have him. Let's see here. I have him at twenty two percent. Now, in a single entry, that's going to be probably closer to thirty. Uh, luckily, Daniel Berger and and Sergio Garcia are going to eat up a little bit of that ownership. And the idea that um, you know, if it, it, there's only a couple hundred dollars between them and most people don't want to play three of these guys, he's lucky or else it would be a lot more than that. Who do you like to finish higher between Smith, Burns, and English? Thanks for all the advice all season. So does this include starting strokes? Um, do you want to be on? Okay, I'll just... Okay, she's bringing me the shirts. All right, here we go. I'll show you. We got We've got new merch in. I'll answer this question in a second, Pierce. It's not live on the store yet, but I'll set it live in an hour. Team No Putt. Whoops, this way. Just open it so they can see it's a shirt. It is a shirt. Team No Putt. That's coming to the store in an hour. Another Team No Putt. Oh, like different color. different colors. Okay, cool. Love it. Team Tiger. We're expanding. I'm over the Bryson Brooks thing. <laughs> we got to go with other guys. And then red and black. Oh, coming soon. Rungoodstore.com. Thank you very much, dear. Okay. So, um, where was I Pierce? Here we go. This if does this depend on starting strokes? Uh, because the answer is probably Smith. If not, I would take Burns's upside here. Happy pre B day. Thank you, John. Uh, apologies. If you've mentioned this before, I accept your apology because I have mentioned this before. AJ, are you planning on doing a run good one and done? No. There will not be a run good one and done. Um, listen, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I'm going to continue to participate in one and dones, but it is honestly a huge headache to run, uh, especially the way that that we were doing it. And my wife was taking the brunt of it uh, with like through Google Sheets and not being able to tell people if they've used that golfer before or not before they enter it. Um, if I had a specific software 
that was built for it, I, I think I'd be much more prone to doing it. Also, and I don't think people realize this, so I want to make it clear, we weren't making any money on that. Not that I want to, but most people don't realize the one and dones they're in, they're paying the rake. And like you probably should, right? Because it's a lot of work and all that stuff, but um, we were not making any money. I don't want people to think that we were on it. So um, interesting. And then, uh, so also, so here's kind of a thing. If anybody's like a software developer and knows how to make like, like you gotta be good and you gotta be able to make like custom websites for like stuff like a one and done, email me at rick at rickrungood.com. I have a couple ideas. Does the fantasy golf community community typically go into hibernation after this week until the tournament of champions in Hawaii? If true, do you find DFS easier or harder in the fall? I, first of all, I do not go into hibernation. The, the fall portion of the schedule is the best to win at, uh, because most people don't know any of these players. A lot of them are coming up from the corn Ferry. That is where you make the most money data, the research, the trends, understanding these guys. Have you noticed, have you noticed for a reason? that the, the golfer profiles also include, um, like who would be a good example of this, uh, corn fairy tour results. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Why do you think that is? Oh, maybe because we're setting up for, you know, corn fairy stuff. Uh, maybe because now as the fall season comes along, uh, this information is now valuable. So no, I do not take a hibernation. I think it's the best time. And anybody who does, is not a real true OG. Um, also, the only time that there's a hibernation, I guess, is those four or five weeks in the middle, but we'll do plenty of stuff to stay busy. Just came in. Give me your top three bets for the week. That's not very nice. Just came in. Give me your top three bets for the week. I don't know what your risk tolerance is. Oof. Do you think EVR is still in use, even though it's impossible for a top five or top 10? Um, yes, Kyle. It's a good question. Yes, because uh, all of those guys are in the same boat, right? So all of these guys that are starting, even one under, two under, all in the similar boat that they it's going to be hard for them to finish inside the top five. Uh, so really, you're just looking for the best guys in those ranges to kind of move up the leaderboard earn all those birdie points, uh, you know, earn the raw scoring points. So, so yes, they're still in use just because, just because EVR has no chance. doesn't mean Horschel does or sync does or Sergio does or anything like that. Those guys have no chance either. So it's okay. A lot of questions about, or there was, I shouldn't say a lot, but more frequently, more recently, a lot of questions on Spieth. Let's look at Spieth um, because how quickly the world has forgotten about Jordan Spieth. Uh, going from arguably one of the hottest players for the first half of 2021 to now nobody wanting him. And this is my concern, and it continues to be my concern. Uh, if you guys have been following along for a long time, you know the driver for Jordan Spieth unlocked everything else. So look at the stretches of golf where he really struggled. What do you see? You see a guy who could not keep the ball in play off the tee. And no matter how good he was with the putter, it didn't matter. No matter how many times he was chipping in, it didn't matter because he was out of play off the tee. Then what happened? Completely in line with his great results came the driver. Those are abs That is not a coincidence because if he could just keep it in play, just drive to a zero, he was able to do the speed magic. Um, now, what have we seen recently? Unfortunately, zero off the tee at the U.S. Open. Loses a little bit in FedEx, loses a lot in Jersey, loses a lot in Baltimore. I'm nervous. Yeah, that's the key that has that has unlocked Jordan Spieth uh, is gone, and or not gone, but we haven't seen it. And and if it's gone this week, he's going to be in trouble. We, <coughs> excuse me, guys. We also what I think is absolutely fascinating. Spieth has not played in the Tour Championship in this format. Right. Remember, he has missed. Um, I'm still going by rounds here. Sorry. Uh, Jordan Spieth at this event. Remember, he's missed the tour championship uh, in, in 18, 19 and 20. Remember that? Isn't that crazy? So uh, I do worry. I do worry a, a lot, a lot about him. I do. 
Um, oh, Riley says, sorry, Rick. I was typing that in the car and didn't get a chance to see how rude it was. Riley, there are much more important things than uh, bets for you texting or typing in the car, but I appreciate it. Uh, the bets that I've made, and again, I'm treating this very recreationally. Uh, it is kind of a weird format. There's only 30 guys. We're going to get a week off, and then we are going to get the absolute just like full field event again at a course that we know. So I'm treating this very recreationally. Um, I, I think that the best bet you can probably make is Tony Finau to win with the strokes. Uh, seven and a half to one, only two shots back, the putter he has fixed. Um, I think if you're going to bet Rom, you either bet Rom without the strokes or you bet him with and without. If you're only going to bet John Rom with, I believe you're making a mistake. The other thing that I think without strokes, the market on um, the market on burger is kind of interesting for without strokes. Um, and then with strokes, Cam Smith, 25 to one. Also pretty interesting. That's, that's what I would narrow the short list down to. Up to right now, including the excluding the tour championship, who is your player of the year? I think it's Morikawa. I don't I think the I think the players will vote for Rom, but the answer is gonna be whoever wins the tour championship is gonna be the player of the year. Um I, I think Rom has been great, but he's only he technically only has one win. Are 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 players going to to take the you have to take the win away from Cantlay at the memorial and give it to Rom. I don't think the players are going to do that. Morikawa was also in that playoff with Cantlay at the memorial. So like that could have very easily have been a win. You have a major, he has a WGC win. Um, the last couple of weeks have really hurt Morikawa's chances because he's not going to win the he's not going to win the FedEx Cup and he's probably not going to be the player of the year. But if we're if we're picking right now before that event happens, I think it's Morikawa. I think Rom is going to end up actually winning it. Just woke up almost 4 p.m. here in Jersey. <sighs> Carlos, maybe you work nights. I shouldn't laugh. Um, I turned in late. Morikawa over Sung JM burns over Brooks. So I'm pretty bullish on Sung I'm pretty bullish on Morikawa too, but I think you have to go Sung there. Burns over Brooks, I'd be okay with that. Didn't hear much on your podcast about answer this week. What are your thoughts? Uh, just rewind a little bit. Um, answer when I ran, when I reran the model answer came up as number one, we did a deep dive on it. So check that out. Where does the Ryder cup rank for you compared to majors and Olympics, et cetera, et cetera, in terms of excitement, in terms of viewing experience, um, it's pretty high, pretty darn high. The idea that you get uh team golf, the idea that you get match play golf, the idea that, uh, it's a really good, it's a really good TV viewing experience because you get to see all the action, all the holes. There's not many guys out there on the course. Um, it's actually not a great experience in person because there's only guys on so many holes and everybody wants to be on those holes. It's not actually all that great. Um, so yeah, it's pretty high. I would say Masters is probably number one. I love the Open Championship. Maybe then the Ryder Cup. Then the US Open. The Olympics was okay. I, I, I like the Olympics more than most people. I don't know. Hello, Rick. Hello, Benjamin. Love the channel. Thank you. For DraftKings purposes, are you backing Rory or fading him? Probably fading him. Um, so here's the, there's a couple of issues with Rory. He is $9,300. He is more expensive than multiple golfers who are starting at four under multiple golfers who are starting at three under. Uh, he's more expensive than every other golfer who is starting at two under. He's likely to be the uh, highest owned of all of the golfers kind of in that middle tier range. I just, in a format like this, um, I think you need to be so critical on ownership percentage and realistic on possible outcomes that Rory, like expensive and high owned is not generally the combination I want to go with. So he has been punted out of my lineups. All right. We're running out of questions here. So I will take a few more. So get, if you got something, anything you want, whatever you want to talk about, you got like four minutes, get it in right now. I'll do my best. 
Out of curiosity, do you know if pairings stay the same for rounds one and round two? Oh, you know what? I I thought that they, I thought that they um, changed them after every round. Let me just see if that's actually true. It's true. Yeah. So so they only have tee times out for round one right now because I'm pretty sure Davis. After every single round, they repair them based on the standings. Almost almost positive. Uh. Fred Couples and Phil named Ryder Cup vice captains. Is this breaking news? Um, maybe like an hour and a half ago. Yeah, relatively new. Twenty twenty two, one and done season. First instinct spreadsheet done. Current form and horse for course spreadsheets on deck. I love it. I think Rory McElroy will win outright strokes. Maybe. Quick recap. Sure. Let me quick recap the last 57 minutes of this show. Yes, it is a more stars and scrubs week. What's up, Rick? What's your favorite book about golf? Oh, there's a book on this shelf over here, over here called every shot counts. It's Mark Brody's book kind of about strokes gains. Uh, that's pretty good. Okay. We're running out of questions, which doesn't happen often. Are people not excited about the tour championship? Are people not excited about the tour championship? Are people actually working? Benjamin is just firing away on these questions. All right. Favorite player in the high 6K. Um, hello, Rick. Hello, Benjamin. High 6K, my favorite is probably... It's probably Scheffler. There's not many guys in the high 6K. It's really only Scheffler or Kokrak. So I guess it's Scheffler. Uh, any dive on Kokrak? Yes, go back and look. Who are the best players on this putting surface? Uh, well, here you go. We can do this a couple ways. Uh, this tool here will compare their Bermuda putting versus other surfaces. In that case, it's Sung JM and it's Scotty Scheffler. So that's the biggest difference between putting surfaces. But if you just want the raw, the raw numbers here, so what you can do is you can go to the Holy Grail, you can look up, uh, we'll clear all these years out here. We'll go to more filters and we will go to Bermuda and we will sort by strokes gain putting and we will find out it is Sam Burns. Sam Burns, by far the best Bermuda putter in the field. That's kind of scary, isn't it? Well, now the questions are coming in. Okay. Uh, what would the final score at this course be if there wasn't starting strokes? Like 12 under? Probably, right? Um, Rory won at... Gosh. Rory started at 5, and I think he was 16 under to get to 21, but he won both without strokes and with strokes. Uh, I'd be at like 12 to 16, probably. Something like that. Actually, I want to say in 2020, so it played it played just slightly easier than average, like uh, maybe a sh half a stroke under par, which is on average. So yeah, 12-ish, something like that. Uh, <laughs> okay, now I'm getting everyone's favorite golf movies and books in the chat. That's cool. When will we see coach versus Rick match? He doesn't want this heat. He doesn't want this heat. I'm going to have to give him a million strokes. Uh, no, that'd be fun. Coach is a fun guy. I have no idea how good a golf he is. That would be fun. See you at the jock market. Love it. I think we just covered all 30 golfers. I think we might have too. What are you going to do in the week's break between the tour championship and the Fortnite championship? Uh, we are going away for a couple of days. Small little road trip. I'm a casual veteran of one over $2,000 with two to five betting with the help of Rick. Woo. He knows his stuff. People. Thanks for everything you do. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. These are good. Tom, Tom says, what do you use on your pay paid subscription to compare each golfer? Literally every tool you could do that with. Um, you know, you could do it here, right? Like I could have said, oh man, I'm really dying to see, uh, Kevin Na versus Sam Burns. And I could compare them here on the Holy Grail against one another for any time period and any set of metrics that I want. I could go to the head-to-head matchups tool. I could compare them there, put them, uh, 
paste them, uh, uh, pit them against one another in a four-round matchup. Lots of lots of different ways that you can do it. All right, we'll end on this one. Um, actually, maybe not. I just want to say the show. I love the show. It's great, and I get very good insight. Thank you very much. First cut meetup. We were supposed to do a first cut meetup. We were gonna, the plan. The original plan was like PGA Championship Harding Park, but then obviously the world shut down. So I don't know. We got to do that soon. I met KP uh, in at Tory. I met Mark for a minute at Tory, but when he comes out to Vegas, we'll hang. Um, all right, that's it. Did you know Coach was on WWE? No, I never heard that before. Okay, here we go. I'm out. Uh, much appreciated. Hit the like button on your way out. Tour Championship. There's an 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time Jock Market Power Hour tonight. This is the absolute perfect time to get into Jock Market. We're giving away free money. There's money to be made. It's a 30-man field. You can short golfers now. It's going to be amazing. Join us for that. And um, pet your dogs. Bye.